Welcome to the podcast where Mercury is always in retrograde. Today, ooh, it's the I'm day. Excited. Hello, welcome, wonderful friend, beloved guest, Jess. Hi. Yay. Hell fucking yeah. Jess, how long have we even been friends for? I don't know. I don't, I actually don't remember when we became friends. Well, Sometime in middle school? I mean, I knew who you were for a couple years because of mutual <laughs> friends. And I want to say we actually started talking and becoming good friends during band. Because, I mean, we would carpool to band. And then we talked a lot. And we've been friends ever since. And I love you. I love you so much, <laughs> Jess. So, so I was cute. thinking about how we would carpool to band and how I missed that. Oh my god. I, so I w- I've been sending letters to all of my friends and the way that I found Jess's address because I never really had to like address anything to Jess was that I went onto Google Maps and I went from my house to hers using Street View um, and that's how I found the <laughs> your address and where to, how to find like how to send your letter to you because otherwise I like could not figure it out but I was like oh well we, we used to go uh, carpooling all the time I know exactly mm-hmm. how to get to Jess's house from my old house. I know your exact old address. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Do you want to expose it on the podcast? No, no, Just please don't dox me on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> you don't live there anymore. Uh, it, you, it is so easy. You go to Zillow.com and you can find the old <laughs> homeowners so easily. Um <laughs> I had to Google last night, like, what Mercury in retrograde means, because I was actually ignorant of what that was. I'm fake. We've been doing this <laughs> podcast for months. Jess has always been like, yeah, I listen to your podcast. Like, Mercury has been in retrograde the last time that we did a series for it. But I discovered <laughs> that Venus can also be in retrograde. <laughs> That is true. She, you're not wrong. That's, actually, it's not true because retrograde is a specific. You know what? Never mind. Never mind. Wait, that's I... what said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Word. Worm. All right. A worm. A um, worm. So <laughs> that threw me. That fucking threw me. I'm gonna <laughs> anyway, be honest. With my you. name is Liz. I know it was like a thing related that people who liked astrology were into, but I didn't actually know like what the term meant. It had something to do with Mercury doing something different than it normally did. Because pretty ignorant otherwise. Oh, okay. It's the speed actually uh, spins around the sun. It goes a little bit slower, so it makes it seem as though it's going backwards, which is why it's like retrograde. But it actually, you know what? This is not the fucking point of the podcast. We're not a a an astronomy. Uh, th- that's not our focus here. All right, listen. Mercury's in retrograde. I'm fucked up. Um, so we're gonna be talking about criminally underrated things. That's been our thing. Mercury. This is Mercury's <laughs> last fucking week. Sunday is when y'all are safe. But for until then. Enjoy this last episode of Criminally Underrated for now. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about movies. Criminally Underrated films. Um, I feel like we can talk about this Ooh. for hours, but... Very nice. Before we do that, we could talk about that for hours, Fuck but you. before we do that, I'm fucking vibe-checking both of you. What the fuck has been up? What is everyone into oh, as of this past week? Um... 
or just what are, so what are you, i already told Aaron this in the group chat in general? but i watched a few of those movies by the greek director yorgos oh. <laughs> i really like them like have you if you've seen the favorite it's yes. that director and then i watched the lobster and the killing of a sacred deer and dog tooth uh-huh. I don't really know why I like them so much. They're, like, funny and disturbing and weird, and they make me feel things. So <laughs> I really like them. All and valid I... emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer... <laughs> Killing of a Sacred Deer is so good. Don't I followed up, a playlist like... on Spotify of creepy. music They're from really The Lobster. So I've been but... black. Ooh. Yeah. I've been meaning to watch that movie. It's been on Netflix oh my God. for like years and I've always been like looking at it as a title like on the screen whenever whenever I log into Netflix, but I'm like I don't know. Am I in the mood for like a weird artsy film? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- it's also been on my watch um, list the favorite years, though, and I just haven't gotten very to it. Very fucking good. I watched yeah. that in theaters, and yeah. I went with, like, a co-worker. And, like, I almost brought my other co-worker along with me, but he had to, like, uh, take care of something last minute. And boy, oh boy, am I glad that he did not come, because it's kind of weird, actually. The whole film is, like, a little bit... <laughs> there's like this strange tone that carries throughout the entire film i'm a big fan of it because i love lesbians but like very weird very weird vibes oh (laughs) it is wow i have to watch that one as well again (laughs) it's on my watch list what i will say is that it is actually legitimately like funny um and also emma stone (laughs) rachel Whites? Am I saying that right? Whites? I'm not sure. Whites? Yeah. yeah well, Rachel Whites, especially, fucking hot as shit. Oh my god, she is so yeah. hot. Oh my god. Yeah, she so really yeah. sets me into a gay panic. Yeah. I watched those movies and I'm I definitely agree. gonna rewatch them and I really like them. I also followed a playlist for music from The Favorite and from The Killing of a Sacred Deer. So I'm gonna be blasting all those things. The favorite has some jams in while there. I, while I drive through the Pine Barrens. I love it. Yeah. Fucking cursed. You are the one I was referencing in our first oh. episode when I was talking about the Jersey Devil, where I, I was it. like, oh yeah, my friend works in the Pine Barrens. And that's where the Jersey Devil lives. For all you listeners out there, you might remember the oh Pine God, Barrens yeah. from the Sopranos episode where they <laughs> get lost in the Pine Barrens and they almost freeze to death. <laughs> bro i have never seen the sopranos like not even a single episode i could not tell you what the plot was or is i can tell you that it ends with journey's song don't stop believing and that was like a weird cultural shift well i've watched the first five (laughs) episodes i've only seen the first five episodes and then the pine barrens episode which is in season three like i just watched it because it was about the pine barrens Oh my god. <laughs> and okay, they all to death, but then Tony Soprano rescues them from the Pine Barrens. It, this sounds like a New Girl episode, but word? Mm-hmm. 
Um, I also referenced you the last episode, I realized, um, <laughs> where I was talking about you coming over to my house and making us watch Shrek. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. I remember that day. That was so funny. I, like, oh, my God. Paused, I remember I paused the movie and I was like, Nine Crimes by Damien Rice. Are you kidding me? And I, like, stood up and I was, like, pointing at the TV because I was just, like, absolutely, <laughs> like, it was blowing my mind. Aaron, what are you vibing with? I have been vibing with Fallout. Um, So my Xbox came and I plugged it in and I have been playing Fallout. The thing about Fallout is I've watched a couple of playthroughs of a couple of other Fallout games. I haven't ever... I watched one Fallout playthrough for Fallout 3, which is the game that I'm currently playing. Um, And it was a monster factory episode so it was just stupid like they were making these like hacks and whatever and they were like messing with the game so i didn't see past like the first 10 minutes of actual gameplay um but playing through um i'm i've been taking like a very aggressive route which (laughs) just makes it very funny like i will just start punching people um and instead, like, the thing about Fallout is it's supposed to be, like, oh, you are trying to make your way through the world both, like, with your actions, but also with dialogue. And so it's, like, taking itself very seriously. And I am not in that mood to take anything seriously. So I have just been, like, rounding about every corner going. Like, and instead of trying to charm people or convince them, I've just been fighting them. And it completely ruins the tone of the of the game. And I love that. I love how much I'm fucking up this game. It is my favorite thing. And like still being able to pass through my objectives while also being as aggressive as possible is like my favorite thing because I'm like, fuck you developers. I play this game how I want to play it. Right. That's so <laughs> funny. I I kind of feel like that when I play Grand Theft Auto because like the game the game will be like mm-hmm. be stealthy and don't get caught and then I'm like running into Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Out, it's, like, it, that, the only to way to play fight. games is to play it with your own vision and not the one that the developers had. Liz, what have you been vibing with? <laughs> truly, truly the only way to do it. So, I oh, recently yeah. um, re-downloaded it's Temple like Run. 2009, damn. So, <laughs> so, I was like, I don't know. I I play Sudoku. I play the Sudoku app every day. Um, and Temple Run was advertised to me on that Sudoku game. So, oh. I was like, hmm you know what, maybe you're not wrong by targeting this ad at me. So I re-downloaded oh it. Oh my god. And I've been doing nothing but Wild. playing um, Temple Run. <laughs> it's fun, because it's like, it reminds me of high school or like, when when was it? It was like, high school was the first one, and then yeah, the second that, one came that out checks, when I, I think. think we were freshmen in college. And I remember being like, well, I so kind of remember when I first got until like smartphone. I was like, I can finally play like, Temple Run like the other kids. Oh my god! <laughs> and I can play Fruit Ninja. Wow! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my it's god! It's very satisfying. 
loved Fruit Ninja. Yeah, I wasn't able to play Temple Run nor uh, Fruit Ninja until I was a senior in high school and I got an iPod Touch from my aunt for my birthday and that was like the year, that was like the golden year for me in terms of expanding my horizons like everyone had been playing like all these mobile games <laughs> and all it was was that fucking kid going y'all got games <laughs> that's what i feel like playing tumble run because i'm like <laughs> sitting there playing it and i'm like oh my god i really do got games on my prof- phone huh self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy Yep, literally. Oh my god, I uh, love so it. Yeah, so that's um, thanks. I love that you shortened this, so that way it's a little bit less evil. Um, so let's get started. Oh, I mean, like vibe check in general. Like you made me not what hate vibe check, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, good. Just a little. Yeah, I let. What's I, up? I thought it was cute. You know, check in, little check in. Um, so I'm gonna kick off today's uh episode and the criminally underrated movie that I brought. Uh I wanna prefix this by saying it's not like a lot of people have watched this movie and a lot of people think it's a good movie. I think that it's underrated in the context of the series that it's in. Um so sorry, but uh the movie that I'm bringing is Red Dragon. Which is part okay. of the Hannibal series. Oh, is there Red Dragon? The one with Edward Norton. Sorry, that is exactly why I brought it because movies. Edward Norton. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I used to have a Tumblr URL named after Edward Norton. I do remember, and I loved it. I was a big fucking fan, and as much as I uh, love oh your current. God name which i think i'm remembering it right um it was it that i thought that was iconic that is true it was only one letter off from edward norton's real name i don't know why it, i like edward norton that much but i you know what that's him? the other oh thing God. is that i i my parents are like you like edward norton and i'm like i wish i could tell you why i enjoy looking at this man because he's really not super attractive no offense to Edward Norton, but like he's not like <laughs> conventionally attractive. I would say he's just nice to look at. I just think he's neat. Yeah, he's talented too. Yeah, he is I very just, talented. I just think they're neat. Yeah, he's neat. <laughs> is that Literally. what Molly does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's holding a potato in her hand. Um, so just to give context, uh, the Red Dragon film is part of the Hannibal series of movies, which, yeah, they did exist. Um, the first movie, I think, to come out ever was Silence of the Lambs. And then uh, it backtracked over to Red Dragon. And they, they take, they um, pull from the books, um, but it, it kind of follows in its own order because of the way it, like, ended up being adapted. Um, so then, you know, obviously Hannibal and then Hannibal Rising come after. I didn't, I've never watched those movies, but I've read the books. Um, and so, like, I read Red Dragon and I liked the book a lot. Uh, and then I eventually got around to watching the movie because I heard Edward Norton was in it. And I, <laughs> I think it was a really, really good movie. I, 
Wait, you watched? I mean, I was you watched the movie because it. Edward Norton was in it, or you watched the movie because it was like in the <laughs> series of movies that you wanted to watch, um, and Edward well, Norton I, just my, so my dad happened had to showed be me in it. Silence of the Lambs when I was way too young <laughs> to be watching it, and that was my introduction to the Hannibal like series uh, and like lore. And then after I watched Silence of the Lambs, I ended up reading the books and also at the same time watching NBC Hannibal. And then once I finished reading the books, I was like, oh, well, I should watch the movies that they're based off of because Anthony Hopkins is also like a very talented man. And I did enjoy watching him while out in uh, Silence of the Lambs. But I was like, ah, it's hard to watch a movie like i don't know it's mm. it's kind of hard for me to watch movies but then uh i finally got around to it and i think that some part of the reason why i finally got around to at least in particular is because of edward norton like there's no way he didn't play some pivotal part in my decision making you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the reason i knew he was in that was because of uh-huh. my edward norton right. fan period i <laughs> guess but i still never got around to watching it but I just, oh, became, really? I just became familiar that like Red Dragon was a movie he was in, and I was like, I should watch that eventually because Edward Norton's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. He is great in that movie. Looks great. <laughs> um, is a great actor in it. <laughs> I also like the character of Will Graham um, <laughs> and Clary Starling. Like, I think that both of those characters are big faves for me. Um, but uh, Edward Norton playing Hannah, uh, I'm sorry, uh, playing Will Graham and like kind of acting next to Anthony Hopkins was like an interesting dynamic to watch and to like kind of see them interact. But I think that in terms like Sons of the Lambs has a cult following. People love that movie. They think it's super thrilling and scary and the twist at the end and like, I mean, not that there was a twist at the end, but just like the way that it all kind of wrapped up was just intense all the way through and it's like a well-revered movie especially in the horror genre but i think that red dragon is also not only a good story in terms of like the book when i read it but also like it was a well-adapted film i and i think that if you liked uh silence of the lambs i don't think red dragon beats silence of the lambs but i think that it holds its own considering that it came out years after so I think that it's underrated in that way and I don't think enough people like even think to watch it or even consider it but I think that it's it was a really good movie and I think Edward Norton did great and I also think it was a good adaptation of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah I'll have to watch it because I do love Silence of the Lambs <laughs> but I've never seen or read anything else Hannibal related. It's good it's it's really good. I I am against part of the reason why i haven't watched hannibal and hannibal rising is because they replaced clarice starling because uh what's her name yeah mm-hmm. yeah jodie foster jodie foster was in the first one and then i because i remember watching silence of the lambs and being like oh this is really good and then watching the sequel uh, and i don't remember the actress's name <laughs> um someone's typing but jodie foster first of all love her uh julianne julianne moore replaced her in hannibal 
And I remember turning the movie on and being like, what the fuck is Julianne Moore doing yeah. here? And I, I love Julianne Moore. Uh, I think that she's great. Jodie I Foster. think she's incredible. But I'm like, Jodie Foster? Right. You can't, you literally can't, like, it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Why would yeah. you have it a movie franchise? It explains why Hannibal and, and Hannibal Rising did not do as well. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Hannibal has 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Jesus, that's abysmal. Hannibal Rising. It's Who does? not good. Um, oh my god. But yeah, <laughs> Jodie Foster is Yikes. incredible. Uh, and nothing will beat Silence of the Lambs in terms of like any... Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, any film can do in terms of like the Hannibal world will be able to triumph over uh, Jodie Foster's performance but in terms of like understanding that Red Dragon is a prequel to um, Silence and that uh, it's a different story like they're not trying to I think that's what makes it interesting for me is that they're not trying to tell Clarice's story in any kind of iteration they're almost just trying to like lead up to her story which I think is a really interesting kind of take on the film and I think only Hannibal could have had this kind of a a series in the way that it kind of played out um yeah I just I just think that it's a really good film I don't think enough fans Mm -hmm. of silence give Red Dragon the time of day and I think by comparison it just kind of like falls short whereas I think it kind of holds up to the expectations that someone could have while watching uh silence interesting i'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> yeah. about this uh, i could not explain you in Norton. words if i tried uh, <laughs> he is the most plain looking white man i have ever seen in my life like he's like he's kind of cute if you like squint <laughs> and he oh, reminds me of that guy who oh plays no, mike in twilight like that like he's what he's got like a puppy dog face. I think he looks I like, think he looks, looks like very pleasant. Kind. <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, for, for me, I think I think I just thought he was talented. He really But I'm trying to think of really what I was watching at the time that he would have been in cuz I really can't remember. Fight club. Oh yeah, Fight Club. Wait, <laughs> I literally like, what is he yeah, in? I don't even he's know. He's in Fight Club. He was also wait, uh what else? I he was in something else. I did. What like, am I thinking of? Well, I know I did like American History X like years ago, <laughs> but I haven't watched that in a long time. Was he in that Daredevil movie? I think. So. Was that him, or am I misremembering? Uh, no, that is not. That's Ben Affleck. Um. I'm- <laughs> oh wait no he was the hulk in he was the hulk year <laughs> okay i knew he was a hero i i was just misremembering oh oh yeah yeah oh yeah, oh, yeah. He was also in yeah the wes anderson movies I that was probably yes. a decent part of it grand budapest hotel that checks because he was very sweet yeah moonrise, moonrise kingdom. Of Dogs. yes yep, i did grand watch budapest moonrise hotel. kingdom and that is correct <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah, we're like piecing it together because I had literally oh, forgotten no, about this Edward Norton period of my life. 
I recently rewatched Red Dragon. Um, I think I saw <laughs> that it was on some streaming service, and I just put it on. Uh, and it was it, I. I was like, oh, I wonder if it like holds up. Um, even though I read the book and also watched the movie before, uh, there's a twist at the end and it still got to me. Um, so it was, I mean, it was good. Um, the ending part is definitely where, cause it's like very action heavy. And I think that it was just like, kind of showed, cause up to, up until that point, Edward Norton mm-hmm. plays this like, kind of like distraught Will Graham, who's like very reluctantly helping out the FBI. And he <laughs> is kind of like, I'm not actually... Like, I don't want to actually help y'all, but there's a murderer out there, so I guess I'll do my job. And it is, it's like he reluctantly <laughs> helps out, and then in the end, he really does have to engage with um, the lead antagonist, and you're like, oh shit, this is actually happening. And it's, it, it's just really good. I think he did a great job. I think that uh, the whole movie was like really good, and I think that it holds well um even now like i watched it and i was like damn this is still a good movie yeah um i will watch philip seymour hoffman is in it and that's really wild thanks for sharing aaron (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have to be a little bit more specific (laughs) are you talking are you talking about Anthony Hopkins? No, it's literally not. I don't know who this <laughs> oh man is. <laughs> you know what? I'm done. I'm done talking about what yes. Um Jess, do you want to go next? Sure. Okay. So <laughs> the movie that I chose to talk about is a Netflix horror movie from like 2016. It's called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Have you guys I have it? never heard of it. Um Tell yeah, me. It's not super well known, oh. and those who have seen it, it's really very divided reaction. A lot of people hate it, I think. It's like, well, it's 58 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not terrible, but like most of That's the Google pretty... ratings. Yeah. Split. Most of the Google ratings are one star. So, like, people don't really like it. I think because it's very kind of. Oh my God. Well, on the surface, it seems very simple and slow. Mm-hmm. So, basically. Well, how Wikipedia describes it is a gothic supernatural mm. horror film. And the basic story is it's about a nurse named Lily, and she's a hospice nurse. She is hired to be a live-in nurse for a retired author named Iris Blum. And Iris is um, Iris suffers from dementia, so she needs a nurse to look after her in her house. Mm-hmm. And she's hired by her estate. So, hmm, I'm not the best public speaker, so bear with hmm. me here. All good, <laughs> don't gather, worry. I have to literally gather my thoughts. Um, it's okay, me neither. I wonder what gothic means. What what time period I think, is this set? Isn't gothic like more focused on motion? That's the thing. It's like not totally Dark clear what time period it's in. It's like spooky. basically present day. Okay, but um. So her house is in, it's somewhere out in Massachusetts, and it's a little white house, a little two-story white house. You don't see, like, the whole exterior until the very end of the film. But anyway, so Iris Blum is a really popular um, author of horror novels, kind of in the style of Shirley Jackson, who wrote what's called Haunting of Hill House. 
Oh, okay. Her most popular novel mm. is called The Lady in the Walls, and it's about a woman slash ghost named Polly Parsons. And Iris, the author, is kind of a first-person narrator about that, telling Polly's life story and about her death. So mm. the nurse is hired by the estate to be to take care of Polly. I mean, sorry, <laughs> to take care of Iris at her house. And the only other thing they tell you about the house is that in the early 1800s, a man built it for his new bride. But then right after they said their wedding vows, they both disappeared and nothing was heard of them again. Spooky. Yeah. So the movie basically unfolds like that. I mean, sorry, I'm literally stuttering all over myself. No, it's fine. Um, Lily does voiceover throughout the movie, and she's, like, always saying some cryptic shit about, like, rotting and dying. The movie starts off by her saying that she just turned 28, and she will never turn 29. So you know that she's going to die at some point in the movie, and you're basically just watching the ghost story unfold. So the house is haunted, and it goes, like, as hauntings do. She hears footsteps... She sees creepy reflections of a woman in a white dress, a mysterious woman walking backwards. She hears things dropping. And, um, yeah. And then she sees, there's one spot on the wall where she sees mold and it's growing. And she asks the estate, yeah, she asks the estate manager, like, hey, can you get this mold fixed? It's kind of bad for breathing. And he says, well... Maybe when someone, like, more important than you is occupying the first floor of the house here, then the estate will pay for it. He doesn't literally say that, but that's, like, basically what he says. And that's basically... All right, bitch. I know, right? That's basically the story you just... You watch this nurse who... She's basically a really nervous, kind of awkward person, and she gets scared easily, so that makes it kind of double bad that she's, like, in a haunted house. And you pretty much just watch her sl- slowly unfold, get haunted, and die. So, yeah. And so I literally had to write out some things Scary. I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, yes. the house is all white. The decor in the house is the walls are all white. The decor is all these bright colors, mainly like gold, but also the author's books are bright green. And the nurse also wears gold. And I think that, I mean, I'm stealing this from a reviewer who said this, but I also agree. It contrasts really well with the other main thing in the house, which is that there's constantly darkness somewhere. Like, Lily might be in a room that's lit up, but right next to her, there will be a pitch black room. And the director, like, makes sure that you can see it. He, the camera's always, like, focused on a black room or literally zooming in on a darkened room, like, making you peer into the darkness, which is pretty fucking scary. So, yeah, so, like, that's the, the one area where I have to suspend the belief because, I mean, suspend my disbelief because you're supposed to believe that she's, like, this scaredy cat, and that's how she even describes herself. Like, she'll talk to herself sometimes, like, if she, she'll get scared and she'll say, come on, you big scaredy cat. But, like, if she were really such a scaredy cat, I don't think she would be leaving all these lights off in the house. Like, they would be <laughs> on at all times. 
but it is very effective. But it is very effective. So like she'll be sitting yeah, in a, yeah, a white, well lit room full of gold decor and bright green books. But then right nearby, there's like a pitch black room, and you're like, is something gonna appear there? Ooh, or it, don't like that. Yeah, it'll pan over to the black oh, room, that and then literally scares me. Yeah, and then literally zoom into it. So you're always looking at just pitch black at somewhere on the screen usually. And like I said, it contrasts really well with the gold decor, um, the white clothes that she tends to wear, the bright green books. Um, there's a bright blue toilet that I really liked. That's <laughs> and like, it reminded me of the Babadook because that's so different where that entire house <laughs> was like dark blue inside out. Mm-hmm. So it made me think about that. A good movie. Yeah, me too. It's one of my favorite movies. Also, yes. I think at least three different characters look directly at you, and I forget if all three of them smile, but I know that Lily does. It's literally right at the beginning, where she, her voiceover says, three days ago I turned 28 years old, I will not turn, or I will never be 29 years old. She looks right at the camera and smiles. And what's, inter- what's interesting is, the director of this movie is Osgood Perkins, his father was oh Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh, oh, so, yeah. So it immediately reminded me of Psycho, where um, oh, wow. at the end, Norman Bates looks at the camera and smiles creepily. Early on in the film, Janet Leigh smiles at the camera too. So I thought that was really cool. I don't know if that was an intentional tribute to his dad or not, but it's obviously reminded me of Psycho and of Judy Dench and Cats, and I appreciated <laughs> both. So, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then the other thing the camera will do is it will focus on one spot in the room and then it will like slowly pan to the right. It's literally like you're sitting there and you're turning your head, just like looking over your shoulder. So, yeah. So a lot of people think. That this movie is really slow and boring, oh and I don't, I understand why they would think that because it is a pretty simple story and not a lot happens. But mm-hmm. I think it's a really good like moody piece of film. I it leaves you feeling like filled with dread and uneasiness, and I think that when it does scare you, it's very well earned. So Ooh. yeah, like so I rewatched it on Saturday night. And then I was fine going to sleep. But then on Sunday night, I was thinking about it a lot for some reason. Because, like, a lot of it's, like, not much is explained. So there's a lot for you to kind of interpret and think about, which I really liked. And then I literally scared myself on Sunday night when I had to turn the lights on. So Oh, no! (laughs) Like, it literally, like, will reawaken your fear of the dark. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So. Yummy. And, like, even though it's kind of slow, it's a slow burn. It's not very long. It's only, like, an hour and a half. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it doesn't take up all that much of your time. And if you want to, there's a lot of thinking you can do. Like, I try to think about, like, this ghost in the movie. Like, what are her motivations? Maybe Mm -hmm. that's a question you'll have if you watch it. Like, is she lonely? Is she bitter? There's also a creepy voice. There's a creepy voice that whispers, this is how you rot a few times in the film, which, like, scared the shit out of me. (laughs) So, yeah. I don't know if I explained it very well, but basically, 
it's a moody little yeah. ghost story that I really enjoyed and I like thinking about it and since a lot of it's not explained there's a lot for me to kind of come up with myself to why this happened and why that happened so yeah I think people who like horror should give it a chance um if you think it's boring that's fine but I would at least give it a shot if you like ghost stories because it's only an hour and a half I think um it's very pretty to look at as well And I like how the score is always kind of creeping in the background, except when you're actually supposed to be scared, then you'll get hit with some violent strings. Again, kind of reminiscent of Psycho, so. Ooh. That sounds like right up my alley, to be honest. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's super cool. I think it's it's interesting that you bring up Shirley Jackson and like how the main character is or the old the elderly lady is like sort of almost reminiscent of her um because she has a she has a book titled we've always lived in the castle that I just read this past year um and it's about two sisters who their entire family was poisoned Um, except for like an elderly uncle and like the three of them live in this house and it they literally don't leave and their piece of property is huge and like overgrown and like they become so obsessed with like not leaving the house that they like kind of drive themselves to madness in a way I was and I don't know why like just hearing the plot of this movie like reminds me so much of that book um what I liked about that series was the way that there were background that upon rewatch, like all the hidden ghosties, like you would see them and you would know that they're there and you would just focus in on that in the background and it would completely elevate whatever experience that you were having with the movie because you're like, the characters do not acknowledge them at all. They do. They are not aware of their presence. It is never addressed. It is something that you need to just like, witness and speak on later like you don't get to ever inform the characters and you feel almost like compelled to be like hey there's a ghosty there and in that same way I think it engages you in a way that's different where I think like you describing the way that even like a lot of the subtle subtler details that like I know a lot of people didn't have a hard time with because it's just like something that you really need to sit down and watch and engage with whatever you're looking at um i think that that is oftentimes like an underrated part of um movies and the movie watching experience like i'm sure that if you were to watch it in a movie theater maybe it would be better taken to like i wonder if it's because it's a netflix movie and that it tends to be a home movie experience which is a lot less um engaging in terms of like it's more it's it's easier to get distracted when you're at home versus when you're in a theater and i wonder if shows like haunting of hill house and maybe even this movie had it been played at a in in like a theater setting would it be better received Mm -hmm. although i do remember when i saw the witch in theaters at the end someone got up and said like that was bullshit or something Me too. We love the witch in this house. We love the Babadook in this house. Um, oh we God, love horror in this house. So this is a great, 
This is a great movie that you brought I for us. I would love to. I would love to eat deliciously. <laughs> no, live deliciously. <laughs> I tried. Oh my god, Jess! Stop. I I do not agree <laughs> with that sentiment, but I do appreciate you speaking your truth. I guess. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> you for validating me. Oh my god, anytime, bitch. Oh my god. Also, I'm sorry if you guys hear those fucking fireworks in the background. I'm now in Brooklyn, so shit's I wild. Didn't, I didn't hear anything, actually. Oh my god, you're yeah. experiencing the fireworks? Um, yes, any closing notes on I am the... Oh. I am the pretty That's thing that you. lives in the house. It is a long title. Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I think it's good. It's a, it's very moody and it's pretty. And it honestly kind of scared the shit out of me, or at least filled me with dread and uneasiness that did linger with me afterwards. And I really like when a horror movie lingers with me and I'm still thinking about it afterwards. And I've actually been having a lot of fun kind of interpreting stuff in my head over the weekend upon rewatching it. So, yeah, I just I recommend giving it a shot if you like ghost stories and you don't mind a slow burn. Oh, fucking yeah. Thank you for bringing that to You're us. Just love it. Oh, my God. Rad. You're welcome. Liz. I love it. What's your what's the movie that you think yeah, is thanks, criminally Jess. underrated? Aaron. <laughs> sure. Uh, this is my opinion, but I um, am obsessed what? with wait, 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 hold on. What, the what's movie, the movie The Martian Child. <laughs> Sorry, I fucked, I fucked up the title. I fucked it up earlier in the day, and now I fucked up. <laughs> it's called Martian. It's called Martian Child. Um, and it is. <laughs> it came out in two thousand seven. And it's rated like ass everywhere you go. Um, it has a so it has a six point eight on IMDb, which like isn't terrible, but it has a thirty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and like a three point one on Letterboxd. But John Cusack is in it. John and Joan Cusack are in it. Um, Amanda Peet, who is this like, mm-hmm. she was in like a bunch of like. 2000s um like rom-coms she's got big blue eyes whatever and um it's about this writer who writes this like very popular unsuccessful sci-fi series um and he loses his wife and he's kind of just like floating through life he's like depressed and rich and he's like well what is the point of living because my wife is dead and he um, has this opportunity to foster this child who had been neglected and believes that he is a Martian because he claims to not fit in anywhere. And he's like really weird. Um, and so he's like, I don't belong on Earth. Nobody understands me. I think I'm a Martian. So John Cusack takes his kid in and is like, embracing his like weirdness and like giving him the best life that he can give him and like showing this kid love for the first time in his life and um I I think it it was wasn't received very well because it 
again I haven't watched this movie in a very long time mm-hmm. and who knows if it still holds up to the standards that I hold in my heart um but from what I've read is that it doesn't execute it very well but like I think I would disagree and I think that it does execute it very well and like I don't oh, know that's so sweet. all I'm watching is John Cusack love this little kid who thinks he's a Martian <laughs> yeah I when it first came out oh my I remember watching it and being like wow this movie is fucking sad and I'm obsessed um and yeah I don't know it's just it's just cute and fun and like I don't know shows yeah, that true. Like, and also we need more movies that positively depict fostering a child and also adopting a child that is not your own in a positive way because I feel like that's like super not conventional but it ought to be right right no I agree completely um yeah I don't know the kid who plays the Martian <laughs> is I think cute I've and seen, pale and uh, a little either creep, trailers or like just pieces sweet. of this movie um probably like just in passing um of like channel surfing or whatever it is um i know my parents have definitely watched this movie um and i know i I didn't know Mm -hmm. that it had such low reviews because i thought it was like a well-revered movie but i guess maybe i'm just not in understanding it but like from what i've seen i thought it was like i can't understand why it wouldn't do well other than sometimes people just hate kids Like, if people don't like the child, they're like, I fucking hate this movie or show or whatever. Like, people, if they don't like it, like, they're like, honestly, like, I don't know what it is about this movie, but it fucking sucks. And really, they're just like, I don't like this child who's playing in it. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it's really nerdy, and it's like, the kid in the movie is, like, super nerdy and does the whole, like et phone home like talking and like alien like bleep bloop up kind of thing so like at times it is really cringy to watch and like Uh, even when i was young and was really into it i'd always be like e i don't want to watch the scene because it's cringy Um, i don't like john cusack but that's just me personally i don't want to be like i don't think that he's like like, a bad actor and i don't want to say that he's like not a good (laughs) like in any kind of way like i don't think that he's like particularly bad i just don't have a good opinion of him i don't know why like, there's not even a basis for it it's, i'm just like mm, i'm good right me neither i was just gonna say i think i'm neutral towards him i mean me i did like just he... watch 1408 sorry, and i told aaron to watch it <laughs> <laughs> his character's kind of annoying in that movie but he's supposed to be so i guess he did a good job <laughs> yeah i don't know like i again i also don't have anything against him but i like look at him and i'm like ugh, what (laughs) also just the fact that what what were him and his his sister were both cast in the movie i'm confused what were their roles oh and they hired them as brother and sister john john 
yes, they were John Cusack and that Joan Cusack. Mad weird. Are playing siblings in the movie. I don't know. That's I like, uh, like that was that's the opposite of when um that I can't get Stars it. girl was like cast as both the love interest with that other guy and then also as brother and sister in the Divergent series. <laughs> So it was like such a stark contrast. You know what I mean? Anyway, now I'm Googling <laughs> oh to God. see if Maggie Gyllenhaal Holy and Jake shit. Gyllenhaal were ever cast as brother yeah. and sister. Donnie Darko. Right. What? I mean, Donnie Darko, they were. Oh, oh my God. That's fucking wild. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, I have a question that's like Maybe not related. Maybe Martian Trial was trying to pull Donnie Jake Darko. Gyllenhaal? But with. In a family drama. Neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Why he's can't fine. I remember like what he looks like. I'm all I can think of is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have strong. I think, I think, Maggie, I think Maggie is the better Gyllenhaal, to be honest. I mean, I. So I'm feeling neutral about both of them um, <laughs> in terms of actors, but like looking at Maggie Gyllenhaal, her face is so oh irrationally God, so angry. <laughs> like the same kind of anger I feel towards <laughs> Abigail Breslin, who like again I don't really have a particular problem. Liz, <laughs> but just Liz. One thing I love about this podcast is you just end people's living. careers. Like you're. <laughs> Hugh Jackman can't sing. I hate Abigail Breslin's face. I love it. (laughs) Okay, but I like... So the thing about Hugh Jackman is that I love Hugh Jackman. I think Hugh Jackman is fucking great. But you... I dare somebody, literally anyone, to look me straight in the eye and tell me that Hugh Jackman is a prevailing opinion that you had when I met you because at the time... Um, Les Mis was still like kind of relevant and you were like Hugh Jackman cannot sing and then afterwards <laughs> uh, The Greatest Showman came out and you were like I don't understand why Hugh Jackman was uh, cast because he cannot sing did we all watch the same <laughs> fucking movie of Les Mis <laughs> it, does, it doesn't make sense to me and the role in the music any song that he on Broadway Les Mis which, and go get this man like, a singing uh, career. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? He can't sing. He can't sing. <laughs> you know, Jesus like, Christ. And Abigail Breslin so Little so Miss Sunshine is one of my favorite movies, but like I'm not even mad at the things that you're saying <laughs> about Abigail Breslin. <laughs> I, I think it's because m- when my sister was really young, she loved this movie called Nim's Island. It's oh about this little girl who like lives on an island with her dad. And she would watch it at least like 40 times a week. And so maybe I was like subjected to it. But I... Uh, Abigail Breslin is the lead, is the he- lead character. Um, I'm but... going to be honest. I don't think I've seen yeah, a single maybe movie. Maybe that's the reason why like, I hate her. I, I know that maybe she's I been can't a, stand a lead actress know. on many films but i don't think i've ever actually watched a film that she was in to be honest with you like i'm looking through her imdb and i'm going like i 
did not watch these movies. I saw trailers for some of these movies, but good. Uh, literally, I don't think I've seen anything she's in, so I can't. I don't have an opinion on her. If I'm ever, oh sorry. If I'm ever, what were you gonna yell? Good, don't give her. No, I was just gonna. Oh my god. But Sorry. Liz, I was just gonna say that if I'm ever famous, I that say, I hope you insult me a lot. She's not worth it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, just stop. We would not. We would gas you up. <laughs> no, just we would never. <laughs> but. Yeah, if I would you, think about it, but I would still be like, ended, uh, but I'm still maybe. unquestionably a stan. I would, I would literally it. go harder for you than I would for Edward Norton. <laughs> Oh my god, Aaron. <laughs> oh my god, stop. Aaron's already made a oh Tumblr with your name. Bro, enough. Uh, um, I do have a closing question for y'all. This is like a group closing question. But what were the run Anyway. Were there any runner-ups? Yes. Sure. Really? What were they? Where were they? Um... I thought about talking about Batman also, Forever yes. because I feel like it's kind of remembered as the movie that's not good, but not as bad as Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. But still not really held in high regard, even though it's a really fun movie. But Joel Schumacher passed away, so now a lot of people are talking about his movies. And it seems mm-hmm. like a lot of people actually like Batman Forever more than I thought they did. Oh, okay. I also was going to talk about Snakes on a Plane because while like, <laughs> people only remember it for that Samuel line. Jackson's line which is <laughs> a really good line but when we watched it at my house I actually thought it was like 10 out of 10 a really good fun awesome movie and I think it deserves to be remembered as such in addition to that great line and a lot of people know of it but it didn't actually make all that much over its budget when it came out like by Hollywood standards so Ooh. it didn't do super well financially um People mainly remember it for that line, and I think it's a great movie that should be more appreciated. But then I decided it wasn't underrated enough. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, Liz, you also said yes. Hmm. Um, yeah, mm. I was going to talk about uh, a Disney movie called The Odd Life of Timothy Green, um, which I really liked kind of around the same time i think um and yeah it's another like family mm-hmm. drama where like another kid this time he grows from a garden it's it's so complicated he grows from a garden and like jennifer garner and her husband like have to look after him i guess so like in a way you could also argue that it's like another child who gets adopted slash fostered but uh, then I thought about Martian Child, and I realized that I, I was going to bring in better, so. uh, the Truman Show. Word. So the Truman Show. It, Did you ever run up? I think my argument is not that it's underrated, but that I think that it's more... Like, for me, the Truman Show was like a horror movie. It's it is like literally all of my worst nightmares come to carry. Which is just like <laughs> the ultimate form of horror shit when I was very young oh my God. which made it worse I think um, so I was like 
I had the Truman Show on my brain, but then I was like, my argument is not going to be that it's underrated, but that it's like mislabeled, I guess, is the term that I'm looking for. And so I was like, I know like the Truman Show, but I'm like, it's a horror movie. It's not like a quirky little comedy bit. It's (laughs) fucking scary. And then you're, the only should I spoil it? I don't know. But he like, the ending is just like this big question mark and oh my god what's gonna happen to him like he is not a well how is this gonna play out oh my god fucking wild so that's uh that was my runner-up but i was i don't think it's really underrated as much as it is misrepresented (laughs) oh Uh, so the movie is basically Mm. just Interesting. Uh, Jim Carrey plays a character who has been watched his whole life. His whole life is a pitch for a show, which is that you know, what if you were to put a camera on someone from birth and then surveillance his life and like kind of control the elements around him? And he, Jim Carrey, character is like this really sweet guy. He like follows his family life, and it's like. He's always been like a nice person, so it gets these viewers like really invested in him to know that his life is just show for people to watch. But then he slowly starts to question his um, like things that are happening and his wife, and he realizes that it's a lie, um, and that whole thing slowly unfurls. Um, but like watching him realize there are cameras everywhere. And that everything is staged is terrifying. It is so scary. Oh my god! I drives me nuts. It makes me yeah. It makes me so nervous. It like activated all of the fears that I had secretly had as a child, and then yeah. like amplified it and gave it a voice and a face. <laughs> Not to dig into my own like childhood traumas, but like seriously, oh the god. Truman Show fucked me up. that's scary (laughs) if you think about it as a horror movie I think it like makes it good but then the soundtrack doesn't really follow but I think that the idea is there (laughs) oh my god I should make an edit of the Truman Show but with horror movie music in the background instead okay cool Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Our socials are at pod retrograde for Twitter and at retrograde the podcast on Instagram. We upload new episodes every Monday morning and we have a YouTube channel where we sometimes post highlights. So check it out and we'll see y'all next time. Bye!